and welcome back to The Square. Jim, we are in the snake pit this week with a very special guest. We are. Uh, we are going to talk. They have an upcoming event to promote. Uh, it is the day after our Christmas party. It's, it's going to be quite the banger weekend for everybody. Yeah, so if you are coming to our Christmas party like we know you are, mm-hmm. because <laughs> you don't want to miss a good time. Everybody has the worst FOMO, and you would definitely have the worst FOMO if you missed out on the square our, our, the last iteration of the Square Christmas party, no less. Right. So you're going to come to our party, followed by the next day, Harper Bishop. Tell us about the event we have. The, everybody's going to basically, we're going to stay out all night after Square Christmas <laughs> party, and then we're going to show up all hungover, but but attentive. But and, and ready. Yeah, ready, ready. To, ready to work. Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to say thanks for having me. Yes. Secondly, um, last year at your Christmas party, um, I was... Uh, welcomed up to the platform <laughs> yeah. where I thought something uh, cool was going to happen to me. Uh, but no, you just returned my water bottle that I had forgotten. Do we remember this? Yeah, that's, that's mm-hmm. why it was we, a setup. Those yeah. aren't cheap. We, that's why those, we have, those aren't cheap. We, we, invited you back, water we invited you back this week hoping you'd forget something. Yeah, I absolutely checked my pockets, and I did not bring my water bottle on purpose because <laughs> I was like, I don't want to go back up to the podium. So uh, that's the second thing. And then now, thirdly, to your question... Anti-Gentrification Summit, it's our fifth annual that mm-hmm. started in 2016, 2017. Um, we were at the Matt Urban Center. Uh, it was when we first formed Our City Buffalo, um, which is the 501c3 complement to Our City Action Buffalo. And uh, it was a bunch of organizers that came together under the banner at that time of the Anti-Gentrification Coalition. And we're going to be bringing that beautiful banner out. Um, we're, we're going old school here. So if you want to see that handmade uh, it, you know, banner. How, how big you... of a part of that is Doug Jamal? <laughs> He's going to roll out the banner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's going to wear it like a sash. <laughs> Um, he's the counter-protester that will be pro-gentrification <laughs> coalition. Uh, yeah. Um, and yeah, so we, but again, to Douglas Jamal and the developers, the reason that we had it at the Matt Urban Center is because we understood at some point the central terminal would get, uh, you know, redeveloped and that that would become ground zero, another, you know, another right. place for significant gentrification to take place. And I think that at that time, people laughed in our faces and were like, that's not happening. Um, but actually, we see that people like Douglas Jamal are playing literal monopoly mm-hmm. with the city of Buffalo and being welcomed to by the Brown administration. Yeah. Talk a little bit on that, because, you know, we have seen over uh, the tenure of Byron Brown's administration a very, very uh, pro-business uh, ethos, you know, very mm-hmm. friendly to uh, corporate interests like like Doug Jamal, as you mentioned, and, and certainly many others. And where are we at now, Harper, with gentrification or, or people getting priced out of the city of Buffalo? I mean, we, we talk about it on the show, mm-hmm. you know, week to week, but kind of on a macro level. Like, where have things gotten worse? Like, are we in a worse place, better place? Where oh, absolutely. Are we at? Absolutely. And I, when I talk about the trajectory of what we've seen from the time that we started the displacement, uh, summoned and, and um, anti uh but yeah, the Anti-Gentrification Coalition in 2016, 2017, um, we always talk about the fact that this was done, honestly, with our taxpayer dollars. Mm-hmm. So if you think about the Buffalo Billion and what was happening there, then uh, Governor Cuomo um, and the partnership he had with the Brown administration, uh, it really was the tale of two cities that we see now, right? The idea that we are going to do big ticket 
items we're going to give to corporations such as Tesla, um, a very failed project, as we now know, uh, to the tune of, you know, three quarters of a billion dollars of New Yorkers money uh, going into that. And so we see um, how that exacerbated uh, income inequality you know, throughout the city. And the tale of two cities is a very known tale at this time. But if we remember and rewind, it was kind of the mission accomplished George Bush style right. banner in the background of uh, here we are, we're, we're investing in Buffalo, we're doing the right thing. Um, and unfortunately, that's not what most people are experiencing. So on the ground, when you're saying you're talking about it at a macro level, on the, on the micro and the neighborhood level, there are folks who are unable to afford the rent at this point. They're saying to us over and over again that rent is too damn high and we need to see changes in policy um, that will make it affordable for us. We have seen no, no increase in our wages, but we keep on seeing the rent right. increase. And that, and and so, that, and that yeah. tracks with you know what we've talked. We yeah. talked to Rusty Weaver. We talked to Jason yeah. Knight, and they talked about you know, like all this. You know, not just the big developers, but even like people that we don't know that aren't in the Buffalo News that aren't getting like glor like all these beautiful puff pieces in the Buffalo News on a regular basis, mm -hmm. who are buying property, for, especially from out of town. And that's why you see, like, you know, you know, neighborhoods that traditionally even were affordable, like right. you know, the West Side, Lower West Side, Upper West Side, every, mm -hmm. uh, even Black Rock, right, Riverside, traditionally mm -hmm. were more affordable, um, Old First Ward. And now all these property owners are coming. And so now you're seeing, you know, properties on, like, Baines, which, you know, not that long ago was mm -hmm. a very affordable street. And now it's like, you go on Zillow, like, oh, it's $300,000 for a house on Baines. What are you talking mm -hmm. about? Like, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we see how the first-ring suburbs are becoming places where people are unfortunately having to move away from their neighborhoods, from um, neighborhoods that they historically have lived in, that have been working class, um, you know, neighborhoods. And so um, we didn't feel like we were the oracle when we were talking about this back then. We felt like this is what our city and ur urban planners know about core districts, what happens in, in cities and urban areas. And um, we were saying that at that time we needed to have you know, building, um, you know, a more inclusive economy that would include all poor working class um, individuals. And that has not taken place, unfortunately. So how, how do we thread the needle on this? Because, I mean, look, like, yes, we want to make sure people aren't displaced. We don't we we, we want to make sure that neighborhoods aren't completely destroyed at the kind of wanton greed of, you know, like big industry here but also at the same time we do want to we do want to encourage the local economy right like we do yeah. want to have services have people have wages that are comp uh, competitive and affordable enough or, or like, they, you want people to make enough money where they can buy their own homes right? right where they can contribute to the local economy where they can open small businesses so i listen as much as we kind of shit on byron brown and and many others in local government uh, and and rightfully so i I, d I don't think there are easy answers to those questions, but I think there are better answers than mm -hmm. what we're getting. Um, what, so, all right, here in the city of Buffalo right now, it's very, again, we just kind of like, here you go, doors open to anybody who's got, you know, millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. What can we do to make it a little bit more impactful where, yeah, the local economy can still be good, but also that we are not, again, display, like, we're not pricing people out. Like, what, yeah. what does actual, like, uh, a, a local economy that makes sense for everybody look like? 
Yes, I think you're asking really important questions. And again, questions that could be written in an incredible... In a dissertation, so it's not okay. going to be covered in the next thirty minutes. I, I don't know, of, I'm not saying that. You know, I, I, my that, my that, one ans- pithy response. No, to you, no, but, but I, I'm just saying, like, yeah. so uh, listen again. These these are like big, big questions. I'm yeah. not putting you on the spot, Harper. I, I'm simply asking, like, what are some things that you've um, maybe come across in your time seeing? You know, like, yeah. will it be a better economy for us here? Yeah, totally. So the the first principle um, that harkens back to the days when we were founding the Fruitbelt Community Land Trust is that we want development without displacement. And so you can do both if you're thoughtful about it and considering what the local economy means. And um, that could be anything from just the Fruit Belt neighborhood to the lower west side to the whole east side. You know, like we have to think in terms of what are we um, thinking about when we say community, first of all. Um, And then that is the idea of... Uh, and and theory behind things like a, a community land trust is that we can have community control what is happening in terms of development. And when we're giving subsidies away to developers, which um, in some cases projects in order to be viable need subsidy, what are then they contingent on? And that could be making sure that the land is transferred and that in perpetuity there is affordable housing. In perpetuity there is a community grocery store or um, something that is a need of that particular community, right? So there are things that could be put in place to secure a better, more inclusive development and future. And we know that that has not transpired under this administration, unfortunately. Um, but we hope for a day in which, and what we're talking about at the Anti-Displacement Summit next Saturday, uh, Saturday, uh, December 9th, that is. Yes. We're, we're <laughs> at, at, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. <laughs> where, where at? Where at? <laughs> at Trinity Episcopal Church, 371 Delaware Avenue. Uh, we'll be talking about, you know, in workshops, all of the ways in which people on the ground have been thinking through these things, these policies that can take place that can be implemented at the very hyper-local level and draw us and move us to a place, which you said, which is there's better solutions, there's better answers. In a lot of ways, we are so far behind that we already know other cities that have passed, implemented, and then, you know, um, had reforms based on the policy that maybe didn't work in their place. So we know that we have answers and we know that we have a, a lot of smart people who are ready to do the work and roll up their sleeves and get busy in municipal buildings and in communities across the city of Buffalo. We just need the buy-in from the city. What, what you're saying, Rhea, is I'm not going to give it away for free on this podcast. You have to show your ass up to <laughs> the... <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. Sorry. That's exactly what I'm saying. All right, fair, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, that's going to be upstairs in that community room at Trinity? So that will be one of the places, yeah. Oh, okay. We're going to have it in the uh, the upstairs. We're also going to be in the uh, Liberty Wellness Center, which is okay. right next door, three, 393 yep. Delaware. Um, and we'll be in the chapel as well. Okay. So we're going to be all around yeah. the building for the day. The, the, we're, the, we're your get your own trinity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right, totally. Yeah. Uh, so, like, you know, and obviously, like, you know, it's right to criticize it. But, like, the, the city of Buffalo is not the only city in New York State that has this issue. Um, right. And so, like, you know, We'd like to see more leadership from our state leaders. You know, maybe I don't know if you've ever anybody's ever heard of Governor Hochul, but that person <laughs> has some say in what goes on. Yeah, you know, right. We have some local members of our our delegation: Tim yep. Kennedy, Crystal People Stokes. They have very strong voices in in their respective houses, mm-hmm. and like it'd be nice to see you know some more work from the state on this too, because you're like you know. The, all, especially the upstate cities, you know, have done this to diff- different degrees, and you know, New York its own mess with Eric Adams and everything they've got going on. <laughs> um, but like, you know, God bless. <laughs> but you know, but they, they've had more work at their council level in New York 
than right. you know. That's right. Um, and upstate, you know, Syracuse has been a little bit better. Uh, I think mm-hmm. of of the upstate cities. I agree with that. Utica might be worse than Buffalo somehow. <laughs> uh, you know, and and Rochester's Walmart. also also exists. You know, <laughs> right. um, and so like you know, like but the, like those are all things. And so you know it with the, with the city and the, all the sub state cities really should be probably trying to work together. And maybe you could maybe throw in Binghamton with that too. Like, mm-hmm. hey, what can we do? Because like they're all being poached by the same out of town buyers, whether they're from downstate yeah, or right. out of outside of the country or. Yeah, I agree. Um, and so, like all those, like because you see that now, you know, like uh, you know, you're starting to see stuff like in like West Syracuse is starting to get like crazy high like resale values, but like they haven't, you know, they're they're still being uh, assessed at like thirty eight thousand, but like mm. they're doing like like the West Side of Buffalo now, mm-hmm. where like they're selling houses in the West Side of Syracuse for like four hundred thousand dollars. Well, I think this is a really good point. With I mean, with, that, without yeah. like it was we talk about like affordable housing, with people doing stuff like especially like you know like East Side, Riverside, Black Rock, they're not doing anything about lead either in the walls or right. in the yeah. in the water system yeah i i think in order to curb the effects of gentrification and therefore displacement being in a home rule state mm-hmm. it's going to take the state being involved in those policies and so there's a lot that actually can't be done unless the the state is included so your point is really well taken and um to, to the point about lead and other things that we find uh you know or the lack of fluoride or any of these decisions are being made without um, the residents knowing, you know, I'm talking to people and they're just like, how is there not a class action lawsuit against municipalities or against folks who are, you know, willfully, um, you know, participating in the poisoning of our children or, you know, various things. So um, these questions, these questions and these comments are are very alive in the community. Um, I think that sometimes people think that Folks don't know what's going on, but they do. They feel it every day. They're impacted by it every day. And, um, you know, it's hard sometimes to get them to a summit on a Saturday. But uh, when we're having conversations, these things are very live and popping in the community right now. And the questions that are being asked are why aren't the state and why isn't the state involved? What is the city doing? You know, all these questions are, are very live. Right. Because also, like, you know, not just like, you know, the actual housing stock and those things that go along with it. But like, mm-hmm. you know, part of the issue that you also have is that, you know, we don't have stronger workers' rights in this country. So you think about like stuff like, or we have a, a snowstorm in Buffalo, not even, not even as, as crazy as the blizzard last year, just a, a snowstorm mm-hmm. and the streets don't get plowed. Well, if you are a, like a white collar or more upper class or middle class worker, you might have time that you can use. You have PTO that you can bank or you can maybe work from home. If you are somebody who, relies on work where you don't get any PTO, which is a lot of people in the working class now. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if the street, if the city doesn't plow your street and doesn't let you get out of your street, it's even more unaffordable for you to live there because you're just not going to get paid for those days and maybe get fired. Yeah. I mean, again, I make that point with people around how we're also having children not be educated at the same time because the school bus can't get through, which means that Mm -hmm. the kids can't go to school. And to your point, that means someone probably has to take a sick day that they either have or don't have to take care of their children. So, yes, uh, you're leading to, again, the whole point of our city, Buffalo, and why it was created the way it was, was that we were building an intersectional movement that includes all of these things because you don't have a housing uh, problem on a Monday and and an education problem on a Tuesday. They all are systems that work together or don't work together. And unfortunately, in 2022, I think that people woke up um, to the reality that uh, our city is not being managed as... Uh, in a way that um, these systems are functioning together and, and taking care of and supporting 
poor and working class people particularly, but of course communities of color um, and all those that, you know, don't have uh, the privileges that you've just spoken about, um, which which are mostly white color or more affluent individuals. Probably not too many of these people listening to our show, Jim, but on the off chance there are. Um, what about the folks who don't accept the premise on gentrification or, or, or say, you know, it, look. Uh, back, I, back to talk about Rusty Weaver, huh? I... <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're like, he is listening. <laughs> they're like, look, I, I like nice things. I, I, I like nice businesses. I like nice stuff. My community, yeah. you know, that's that's kind of the cost of doing business. Is that all right? You know, prices go up on stuff, but you have a better overall community. The, the type, the type of people who, when when gentrification is happening, say, oh, this neighborhood's coming back. R- right, right. Uh, yeah. Of which there are a lot of people in Buffalo, and I don't expand that out to Erie County because more likely many of those people don't actually live in the city of Buffalo, <laughs> but instead will you know, maybe come to the Elmwood Village for Christmas shopping, for instance, or, you know, they might come visit the waterfront or go to a concert at the Outer mm-hmm. Harbor, and you hear things like, oh, the city's coming back. Well, it's, or, like, like a, I think a big thing for that is, you know, like, Elmwood Village has always been kind of affluent, but you see it at, um, uh, with the, the first Niagara building down in, uh, the, like, hydraulic. Oh, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like, yeah. You know, and they have like the, the food truck Thursdays and stuff like that. Right. And that is that yeah. is a yeah, Larkinville. That is a very big like suburban tourist. Like, oh, I'll come in on Thursday, go to some food trucks, listen to Brian Higgins band, and then go back to West Seneca. Do you see Brian Higgins band? Yeah, he plays there every year. Does he? Yeah. <laughs> no way. Hmm? <laughs> wow, you learn something new every day. I didn't I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, that's I think that's why he's leaving Congress is to devote more time to his music. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> It's gonna have a, a, a rehearsal studio inside inside Shays. I respect it, man. So it's I, I can't wait for him to do Kinky Boots. Yes. Um, so all right, all right. So but you have the people who just reject, <laughs> <laughs> thrown off. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, re- re- back, back to the point of justification. <laughs> back to Kinky Boots. Um, <laughs> no. So gentrification, like there there are a lot of people who just say, okay, that's just kind of the cost of doing business. What would you say, like? To that person where, hey, we, we talked about the two buffaloes, but wh- why is this really, you know, you scratch the surface and this is like a very hollow thing, this this buffalo coming back? Like, like what 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 is it about gentrification, I should say? Or, you know, again, elevator pitch on why gentrification is impacting buffalo so negatively that we're not just coming like, yeah, you see some of these businesses, but long term, what will we see and again, these these are not questions. These will be all answered at the Anti Gentrification <laughs> Summit. But if you were, but if yeah, you were one of those contrarians, I you know I try to talk to people again about it's not that we don't want to see people uh, neighborhoods come back or that we don't want to see businesses and locally owned businesses of that um, you know take place. It's that we want everyone to be included and be able to be involved in it. And if we are now, um, you know displacing the people who were there through the hardest of times, Mm -hmm. then that is not the city that we want to be living in. Right. And then we, we will get a monoculture. Um, and we don't want a monoculture. The thing that makes this, our, our city so vibrant and where we want to live is because there's so many different cultures that are coming together and there's strength in that. Right. And, and we hope for that. Um, and when we have monoculture, when we see, you know, people being displaced, moved out, um, these aren't, Things that represent the city of good neighbors, they don't, they're not representative of a city that we're trying to create. So, um, I think when we talk to people about this, is about this, is still is about choice, it still is about the ability to go where you want to go, to um, be where you want to be, to be in the neighborhood. 
but that needs to be across the board, right? So we need to be having um, not corridors when we, you know, create new apartments, but that there's inclusionary housing that would allow for a percentage to be affordable housing. Mm -hmm. And then um, we have mixed use so that we have, and, and we know the most vibrant communities are those that are mixed income. And that's just like statistically <laughs> proven right. over and over that these make for the best neighborhoods for the, for the, um, you know, so, so all these things um, right. and, and we, when the, we want uh, together. Yeah. And, and when the rents go up, it's not yeah. just for, the you know people living in apartments it's for it's for businesses too mm -hmm. so if even if you're somebody who's like okay you know i'm i'm the pro business guy or whatever like i, mm -hmm. I i'm invested in the business community this is this behooves you to want to fight the powers of gentrification do you want everything to be like a big megalith corporation on every corner like do you want it to be a big box store in every corner or do you value the unique identity of the community which includes right. small businesses that right increasingly get priced out right. along with the people living in the houses next to them. Yeah, totally. I mean, uh, sadly, I don't really travel to Thumbwood Village at all anymore because, you know, years ago when I used to run an organization called Buffalo First that supported locally owned independent businesses, uh, the first thing to go into Thumbwood Village and, you know, no shade to people who love Panera Bread, but the Panera Bread to me was like, there goes the neighborhood, right? Mm -hmm. We have one of the top 10 neighborhoods in the country at the time. And since then, we have seen block after block fill up with corporate uh, businesses that take away the character of the of Thelmwood Village, which makes there to be no point between me going to the mall or to Thelmwood Village at that point. And then, of course, with the locally owned businesses that you've discussed, their rents are going up because those locally owned businesses don't own their buildings for the most part, and they get priced out. And Sinatra mostly has been sitting on a shit ton of you know buildings within Elmwood Village that then remain just vacant you know and mm. we don't even have you know businesses filling them because he's he can afford to wait for the person who's going to pay the amount of money that he wants and that's unfortunate and that's to the detriment of an entire neighborhood that now has fallen from those charts because yeah. you know it's it's not Elmwood Village anymore that we all know and used to love Right, uh, and I think another thing, like uh, going back to like you know why gentrification is bad, is that uh, with the displacement, well, it basically says to people, you're not good enough to be here anymore, mm -hmm. and that you know like you you took care of this neighborhood for a while, but you're not good enough. It makes me go back to think, uh, I think back about when Chris Jacobs mm. was county clerk, and he did like his own study that he published, basically saying that like all the nonprofits on Delaware. With the exception of the Jacobs Executive Community Center, uh, uh, Education Center at the corner of Delaware North, he kind of he must have accidentally omitted the, the one that his, his family owned. But all the rest of those buildings that were, you know, like the United Way, the Red Cross, all those buildings that, that you know, those giant mansions along uh, man, uh, Millionaire's Row yeah. that for all, decades nobody wanted to be in. And so nonprofits took them and they right. were good stewards for them. Mm -hmm. And he was like, Let's kick them out because these buildings are finally worth it now. Right. So we can get wealthy people in here. And his plan for the, the nonprofits was fuck them. They can do whatever. I don't care. Like, just get rid of them. But this and, is homesteading, right? Right. You can have a, a vacant lot that you have taken care of for this amount of money, and then you have to, sh right? And mm -hmm. now it's like, no, those lots are worth something now. Right. So now the administration has taken the perspective that the best way that they can be stewards of those lots is by getting a premium dollar. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people were like, well, you know, I've been taking care of these lots for 20 years. Should I just send you my bill and we'll call it even? Yeah. Because that's what it would seem, right? Is right. that you weren't, you didn't care about any of these lots until they're valuable. And this is to your, you know, to the point you're making right now. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, the, that Chris Jacobs thing was just like blew my mind. First of all, he, said, he, he spent a ton of his own money, uh, basically, yeah. because it, he, when he said like get rid of and, like let real estate developers, and he was like, please let me buy the Red Cross and turn it into condos. <clears throat> Like yeah. it, me personally, let me let me buy these all these mansions up. And there's a thing that I hear that, um, perpetually in the community where folks, uh, you know, again, I'm pretty familiar with the fruit belt because I organized there for years, as, as I think you all know. And, um, you know, people would when the medical cam- corridors in campus kept on buying more and more properties, the some of the stances for people were like, well, gentrification, gentrification is good because now the folks that are getting uh, who have been marginalized are now getting premium dollar for you know their houses and selling and then my response to them was always like well this this notion that everyone wants to leave their neighborhood mm-hmm. and everyone basically like well that's great they get tons of money and some people can cash out and they should cash out maybe they have things that they want to be doing but not everyone can or chooses to leave their neighborhood but then they are priced out um because you know, they probably have those houses from generational wealth mm-hmm. building um, and are just holding on. Right. So like they're an older it's an older demographic that, you know, if the taxes go up, if all those things, property taxes, if they all increase, that means that they're a, a payment or, you know, gentrification away from, you know, being pushed out themselves, even if they own their own home. So I think that sometimes people also have this false narrative that just because you own your own home means that you're you're good. You're right. good well, to go. And also like people, you know, Getting bought out and say the fruit belt, and, yeah. and they're like, okay, well now you've got this. You could, and but go where? Go with, where? Yeah. With with real estate prices, both yeah. rental and house prices yeah. exploding. Like, where where are you gonna like? Right. Where you you owned a home, you had a place to live. Yeah. Now you have some money, but you're gonna run out because you have to pay rent because you're not gonna be, you're not gonna be able to buy a house now. Yeah. Especially so the, you're, like yeah. you know you're probably not gonna turn around and be like, well, I guess I'll pay cash, which a lot of these like. You know, in, in other buyers, the larger buyers are just like, oh, we'll, we'll pay over asking in cash. Yeah, that's happening all over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and, and again, like, this is one of those things where, you know, I, I, I think you got to view it more holistically. It, it ends up, a, a lot of these issues are so, it, it's not like, like a political spectrum type of thing, right? Like, it's not like, oh, I have the, the left wing view or there's the right wing view or whatever. It's like, no, it is. It's bigger than that because it's an ecosystem. Yeah. Really, what we're talking about is what gentrification is, is it, it disrupts the ecosystem of the local mm-hmm. economy. And yep. when you do that, when you're like, hey, just bring in more money, bring in more money, like you gotta think like, what's it gonna do to that fish tank? And I think it's incumbent upon everybody to be good stewards of the local economy and mm-hmm. of people's livelihoods. Because again, you you can say you're just like, hey, let me cash out. Let me get as much money influx of you know big corporate dollars as much as possible. Okay, what is that going to do to the city? What is that going to do to the area? Mm-hmm. If you don't consider those things, then you you're just trying to turn a buck, and you know that's how that's how we we lose our identity. That's how we lose our city very fast. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think really there is a lot of like making sure that you're you're not destroying. Those the people who have lived in those neighborhoods for generations, mm-hmm. you know, like you know, look, there are a lot of people who like who like who don't who have no problem with gentrification or think it's good because it's happening in like the west side or you know the east side, right? But if also like all those families who who've been in like South Buffalo for generations got kicked out of Abbott Road because it suddenly became like the new Clarence, suddenly you would have a lot of people who are very concerned about gentrification who aren't concerned about it right now. Mm-hmm. You know, like if if everybody in Spalding Lake decided they want to buy every fucking house like on, down McKinley, 
suddenly we, we have some people who might be paying attention to it. Yeah, it's amazing who Point taken. who gets gentrified out, right. you know? Yeah. It, it really is important. Right, I mean, like, yeah, nobody's getting gentrified out of Parkside, are they? Right. Not yet. Not yet. And, and, that's, and that's the thing, is, like, you, you don't... And, and again, the, all this and more will... Discussions will be held this uh, upcoming Saturday, the 9th, um, and <laughs> right, yeah. at 10 a.m. At 10 a.m. <laughs> at 10 a.m. So like, you know, our, our party ends at, our, our party ends at 10 p.m. And you know, like, look between you know the the Armory Restaurant and Trinity Episcopal, there's a, there's a there's a there's a bunch of like bars and taverns and and gin mills and you know whatever that you can stop to and just walk your way from the west side down over to Delaware in Allentown, uh, uh, and we can uh, we can just. We got twelve hours to get there, so we could just do a little bar yeah. crawl. Yeah, it's supposed to be like forty, so like it's not so bad. That's not so bad. Yeah, will you be served? Will there be like coffee? Will there be? Uh, <laughs> will there be? <laughs> we were just thinking about lunch, but now I think there might have to be a, a there might have to be coffee. There might or, have to be coffee, like, 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 yeah. or like electrolytes. <laughs> right. Gatorade forever. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, like uh, we blew up our budget buying Pedialyte. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your complimentary liquid IV at the door. Uh, <laughs> oh, Harper, what and else? Then, yeah, oh, go ahead. Sorry, no, yeah, go I was going to say, uh, you know, I wanted to definitely plug that um, later in the day, or, you know, we usually have a keynote address, uh, sometimes that person's national, local, um, usually what's going on is, dictates that. But this year, um, we're going to have a panel discussion about last year's blizzard. Um, and, you know, we'll have policy experts. Andrea Sullivan from Partnership for the Public Good will be the person who moderates the, um, like I said, policy experts, as well as people both directly and indirectly impacted. Some people um, who, whose family members, uh, mm-hmm. you know, lost their lives in, in the blizzard. Um, uh, you know, the Bangladeshi community came up really big, um, as you remember, as you yeah. recall from oh, Buffalo yeah. News, they, they were saving and delivering pizzas and mm-hmm. all the, fi- I think we all paid their fines for them because yeah. we were just like, this is bullshit. Yeah. Like, you know, they were like the emergency crews. Um, so we're going to have a member of their community is coming to, to speak with us. Um, it's going to be a really great panel discussion. We just feel like this is very alive for people still. Um, you can feel, honestly, the trauma response mm-hmm. of people as the snow is about to hit and has hit um, in the preparedness uh, conversations that are taking place throughout the community, um, as well as the Buffalo Common Council hosting several um, workshops. And then um, it was really important as we had conversations that, you know, folks were just saying, you know, it's been a year. We have not heard anything from our elected officials about memorializing these folks and uh, the lives that we lost of our community members. And so we're going to process after uh, the end of it uh, from, you know, Trinity down to Niagara Square. People can meet us at Niagara Square if they, you know, if they don't make it over to the summit. And uh, from 2.30 to 3.30, we'll be in the square kind of, uh, you know, uh, honoring uh, the folks who, um, who have, yeah, we did lose in the, in the blizzard. So um, that's also a part of the summit is a, a public memorial and a living memorial to them. Um, as we as we kind of enter the first uh, year anniversary of of the blizzard, yeah, and um, you know even though time has passed, we we didn't get a chance really as a community to mourn that in yeah. any way that I think it does respect to those people whose lives lost. So uh, mm-hmm. that's um, you know it's a it's a wonderful opportunity to both mourn and celebrate our community and, yeah. and our resilience. Totally here so 
Um, is the event is is it ticketed or are all, no, all welcome? Everyth- everything is free. Mm-hmm. Everything is not ticketed. Just come on down. Yeah, including just, your Pedialyte. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> just come on down. Um, yeah, we're gonna take care of you for sure for the rest of the you know for the day. It comes with if there's interpretation services, childcare, right. and uh, lunch will be served. So we have your whole day uh, made out for you. And then it's freebies, it, people. Right, freebies. And, and it's 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 tended to it's like so it's like different sessions because you're in different yep. rooms. Yep. Um. So you know, come for all, come for some. Yeah, and and speaking of uh, Rusty Weaver, he will be definitely leading a workshop. He's gonna be talking about. Um, you know, following the campaign that we had with redistricting, we talked about how, um, you know, it's really, you know, there's not much incentive for elected officials to voice their their um, difference of opinion or to accept, such as in the redistricting camp- campaign, different maps because, um, you know, those those maps kind of benefit them, and mm-hmm. they also are the decision makers. So they're the people who, when we're going to them, they get to ultimately decide whether or not we accept or reject the maps. Um, and so we're going to be talking about um, what systemic changes need to be made. So when we think about, like, a just transition and what that takes, one of the things is drawing down power from the current structure and then building up our own power and community power. Um, and that entails changing the rules, and the rules that need to be changed are located in our city charter. Mm-hmm. They outline what the rules of the game are and how we engage, and so we're just having a conversation, and, and Dr. Rusty Weaver will be talking about from Cornell um, ILR Collab uh, what the city charter says and what we can do as a community to change some of the rules that we think are you know, tilted towards the power structure and away from democracy and, and community voice. Oh, any any opportunity? <laughs> and listen, you know, I mean, yeah. that's how. No, listen, that's how. Like, okay. No, no, I, I, I'm just thinking like, yeah. all that's awesome, yeah. and you get to hang out with Rusty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's you get to hear Rusty right? talk because Rusty is fucking brilliant, and then yeah. also you get to hang out with Rusty because he's our boy. Yeah, right. So uh, win win. It's, it's pretty pretty sweet. Yeah, it's a sweet deal. So yeah, no, I mean, it sounds uh, it's great. I mean, you said what? This is your fifth or sixth one that you've done. The, uh, this is the fifth. Yeah, fifth. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah, so so uh, that will be one of them. I mean, we, there's amazing workshops, as you said. There's two. There's gonna be two sections of workshops, um, five in each, and we just have really brilliant minds coming together, as you as you discussed. Um, uh, our city, Buffalo, for our part, we're gonna um, kind of break down all of the political chatter and ju- uh, that's been going on. Uh, we know that people have a lot of questions around what's going on with the council presidency. Is mm-hmm. our mayor up and leaving us? Uh, there's we know congressional are on their way out. Uh, you know, there which, which, there's which, many which, moves wait, being wait, wait, made. Wait, wait, so what is it? as soon as somebody steps away from something like congressional, that needs a lot of dominoes. Like we yeah, talked exactly. about, you know, like exactly. You know, it's it's you know whether you're replacing a mayor or a state senator, and then who, <laughs> for repl- example, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just saying, <laughs> you know, just right. randomly picking that. All right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, you know, yeah. for instance, yeah, and then yeah. you know, like and then. Or whoever replaces that person, exactly, like, you know, just keeps trickling down. That's right. So we're trying to make sense of that for people, and just also let them know because then the questions come. Well, what happens if that? Then what? You well, know. And, and all, so there's all, a lot of those scenarios that need to be played out. We're and, gonna have a little bit of situation room. And because also, you know, like, <laughs> look, if you want to have somebody who's more community focused and has come, has from that background to get into those positions, like the political class is. They mm-hmm. already have plans. Well, that's it. Yeah, those, 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 they, they may not all have the same plan. Yep. They they, they may that's they, right. They, they may be ordering off different menus, but they they've already like opened up the menu. They, 
So I appreciate you saying this because um, we had a, a, a back and forth um, on X, I guess. We're yeah. now officially use, mm-hmm. saying it yeah. uh, on X recently because someone was like, why isn't our city of Action Buffalo more excited about you know the congressional seat and putting someone up there? I was like, my friend, <laughs> <laughs> my response to you is that you want us to start from scratch when a special election is just a couple months away. Right. They're literally about to cross the finish line with their plans, yeah. right? And um, this is the moment, I think, it, what it makes it so helpful is, like, it's really hard to understand, like, how when you've been sold kind of, like, America, <laughs> democracy, you know, this whole idea of it uh, yeah. and, and, the, yeah, all that and the dream. Yeah, yeah, basically all the bullshit. The, the dream, right? right? The dream. Um, is that what is great about organizations like Our City Action Buffalo is, like, we try to bring it home as much as possible. It's like... We're like, hey, this is how you don't have a functional democracy locally. Mm-hmm. And then they see it in real time through redistricting, through a congressional seat being filled, through the mayor, through council presidency, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. We're like, here, we can walk you through how this is a pipe dream mm-hmm. and it's not real. So then take that and apply it that it's a microcosm of what's happening on the national level. Mm-hmm. And then you can understand we don't have a functioning democracy here yeah. because we don't have a functioning democracy locally. So I said to that person, you know, it's not that we aren't excited about the prospect of having it but as you've mentioned the political class has already made it by the time it hits the newspapers it's a done deal yeah <laughs> that's like the last place that they're telling is the media because all the moves have already been made behind the scenes and you weren't part of any of them right i mean that's you know like you know with the higgins announcement yeah yeah Everybody knew yeah. for like six months, right? Like, the, the, like, this, right. like, you know, the only person who might have been surprised was like, uh, uh, maybe like, you know, like some, somebody's grandparent out in Marilla was like, "What do you mean, Brian Higgins is leaving?" <laughs> right. Like, you know, I mean, because we talked about this like during the oh. last year's election cycle. That, oh, I'm sure that like yeah. Tim Kennedy yeah. was pretty openly running for Congress, yeah. even though there wasn't an open seat yet. Yes. Like, you know, like yeah. you know, he's out here like maxing donations to totally. like random candidates yeah. in like towns, <laughs> and like having his staff out there, and yeah, like, yeah. okay, like you know, we we get what's happening, you know, and like yep. and, and like, just like the, the the all the dominoes, like if that was happening. The people who are interested in that state senate seat knew yep. what was going on, and they yep. were making their own moves to do that. Uh, and they assume that, like you know, because that's probably something that's going to come from like either the common council or county ledge. Then there, there are people who are already making plans on how to backfill that common council or county ledge seat. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, truthfully, you know, the fight for this congressional seat, honestly, could, you could have said it started ten years ago, right? When Tim Kennedy first made it to. Uh, to the New York State Senate, right? Mm. So, th- that's the thing is like when you're talking about building power over time, you got to build power over time. Like it's not a, a t- you know, of course it's not a two month election turnaround, but these right. are things that take time, they take effort, they take sustained growth. So if you want a seat at the table, you've got to have a proof of concept. Like, okay, right. we've got to do this over time. So and, and join me in gentrifying South Buffalo. Let's, yes. Let's... <laughs> that's all I'm getting out of this podcast. Yeah, it's, it's, we're, we're going to pool our money and like buy every property around Timon. <laughs> oh boy yeah <laughs> i yeah woof. yeah that, that, that i think we would have a lot more a, a fervent anti anti uh, gentrification uh i well <laughs> at least we'd get some attention i'll tell you that yes if, if we had our own contingent at the parade of circles yes <laughs> just we buy our own circle yeah it'll be parade of circle you get <laughs> you people get one right. because it's our circle now <laughs> Uh, well, Harper, thank you for joining us, and uh, yeah, 
I I'm, we're super excited for, of course, both our Christmas party, which we'll talk more about, but also for uh, the summit and to hang out with you and Rusty and, and plenty of other. Here are some uh, wonderful speakers and uh, attend some great workshops. Yeah. Hey, we appreciate we appreciate you always having us on yeah. and giving us and passing the mic over and over again. So uh, thanks and keep keep doing the good work. All right. Thank you. Thank you.